0: Welcome back everyone to the sophisticated professional podcast. So we're the podcast where we actually go right to our local entrepreneurs. We're going right to the business makers, the people who are making things happening in the marketplace, and what's awesome is is we get to sit back and relax and just hear the story. You know, How exactly did they come up with this business concept? How do they make it a reality? And more importantly, how do they overcome the challenges that they face on a regular basis? So I'm here with my co-host, Ashley.
1: Hey. How
0: you doing, Ashley? I'm
1: doing great.
0: Ashley's ready for Christmas vacation, aren't you?
1: I sure am.
0: I'm sure a lot of people are too, right? We're just ready for that countdown and get those holiday festivities going on. But we have an early Christmas gift for you, Ashley.
1: I'm pumped. You should be pumped
0: because today we are sitting with Brandy Amidon from Brains on Fire Incorporated. And man, it's going to be a treat to hear about your story today.
2: It's so nice to be here with you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, we're super excited.
0: so So, Brains on Fire. What an awesome name.
2: Best name ever. It really is. <laughs> and it's very
0: catchy. I can just yeah. pitch you at a networking event and, you know, someone's like, what do you do? I do this. And what do you do? Well, I'm the co-president of <laughs> Brains on Fire. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
2: The best is when telemarketers call. Oh, boy. They have no idea. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great. So so tell me about your business. What exactly yeah. What exactly did you guys do?
2: Yeah. So Brains on Fire is such a name, but it gives us an opportunity to start a conversation. So the short version is we're a naming branding and community centered marketing agency, um, which is like, okay, what does that actually mean? Um, but we focus on people and so we do amazing things. We have designers, we have strategic partners, super smart, creative people that come together to solve problems and every client is different. So it's very hard to like go uh, like crazy into detail on, on who we are and what we do. Um, but we solve problems together and just really creative. We hire the best, um, people, but in the marketing realm.
0: So when you say community based, what exactly does that mean? Yes, yeah, so you're building
2: you're building a sometimes you're building a community from scratch. Um so a good example is um you know, we have this client where we're literally charged with elevating the perception of Wisconsin cheese which is crazy like we're hired to talk about cheese on a regular basis so also best thing ever and so that's our job is to change the perception of cheese and so we created this community called Cheeselandia and we bring people together fans talk about cheese the value of it but it really translates into the artisans and the farmers who make this beautiful cheese um, that rivals other countries and we're able to share that message and uh, communicate that to a great group of people
0: So that's really fascinating. So, you know, can can you talk about what um, what motivates you? You know, you wake up every morning, you're getting ready to, you know, work on a new campaign. What is that that motivates you to keep this business driving?
2: Yeah, well, so for me, so I'm the co-president, so owner, and also the CFO. But I don't actually do what we do here at Brains on Fire. So what motivates me is seeing this amazing group of people every day wake up and they're passionate about different things um, but see them do what they do well and everyone's growing we talk about it on a regular basis here like how are we helping each other grow we work in a team fashion um, and so it's less of the old model of advertising we had like one person who was the creative director that knew all things and um, and so we're in this team environment now so to see them doing their thing um, and then the outcome and to watch it come together that's what wakes me up in the morning gets me excited to see everybody growing together.
0: You know, let's talk about this for a second because I think you hit on something that's um, really important in the marketing realm because the old school days really what happened, exactly what you said. This person did graphic design. This person did website. This person did this. And you almost had these different segregated sections in different departments where people operated in, almost in a silo, so to speak. Um, I experienced this, too, in my background, too, in a sense. And now, what you're seeing more is collaborative teams. Yes. And it,
2: co- I think it's harder because it does, you have to let people in. It's, there's a lot That's of trust. Yeah. So, a big mm-hmm. part of what Big part of what I do is making sure that we have an environment where people trust each other, that you can critique and feel safe to say something um, that you are like, well, is this good enough or how I need help. Um, But you have to open yourself up on a regular basis. So I think it's scarier under this method, but that's what we all want. Like I even though I'm not. I'm um, a creative director or a designer. I want to be involved in what we do and you want to feel ownership. Mm. And so, um and then we also have a Los Angeles office as well. So we're here in Greenville um, and then we're in LA yeah. and then we also have two remote employees, one in Ohio and one in Colorado. So you want everyone to feel connected no matter what their part is. And we've been joking lately, like our, our job titles are getting a little fuzzy Um because every project is kind of different. Um, You might add a different strength um, depending on what the client is and what the ask is.
0: So now how do you do that, though? So if, if you're managing a group of employees, right, or mm-hmm. workers, um, contractors, all these different facets that you're working with, sometimes it's difficult to be able to receive criticism. Yeah. So from a manager standpoint, like how do you actually develop that culturally where someone doesn't take offense to it but they realize, hey, listen – you know, we're trying to improve each other.
2: Yeah. So culture is like the hot topic for everyone nowadays, but it really is the backbone of everything that we do here. So we we're creatives and um, we do a lot of studies. Like if I draw a stick figure and actually you draw a stick figure, yours is going to be way more valuable to you because you drew it, even if mine's better. Um And so <laughs> like you feel ownership like that. Wait a minute. That's my stick figure. Um And so you want to have a safe place where people feel like I can say, no, no, Yours is really better, and it's really best for the whole. And so just making sure that people all have a voice at the table. Um, We have a lot of different conversations about – that's why we open it up from a collaborative standpoint to let people in. Um, You know, if you call a meeting, you want to make sure everyone speaks. Um, You want to give an agenda beforehand because I'm a thinker. Um, I'm not necessarily as great on my feet as other people. And so I want to think about it and ponder. And so how do you give people the opportunity to kind of input themselves in that? I think that's a big part of it. And talking about culture all the time. Um, You know, the joke is in, like, creative agencies, people have, like, a ping pong table and you know, that type of stuff, but it's a little bit more. Um, that's do you have a l- ping pong table. No, we do not have <laughs> table. I'm sure the guys would love one. We don't have one. We, we, they would love that. We used to have one a long time ago, but it was so noisy. Um, but it's a little bit more than that. Like you have to feel, um, a lot here. And so I think open yourself up to others. And so that's what we have to do on a regular basis. Just make sure that's a safe place to do that.
1: Awesome. I feel like that's so interesting how diversity and collaboration can form intelligent design i think that's super yeah. important
2: yeah. um and we would even had conversations you know from a designer standpoint um designers used to kind of come in at the end of a project and then just make something really pretty mm-hmm. so that's not what we want we want them to be involved at the very beginning and see clients and hear what they think and do it together and have that ownership right. at the end
1: yeah that is so cool i love that um And so one of the biggest parts of um, Brains on Fire is that y'all are a word-of-mouth marketing agency. Can y'all talk about that a little bit more and just like what that is and why that's important and different than a lot of other marketing agencies that I've seen around here? It's
2: a great question. Usually how I explain that is it's more of the long game. Um, so, you know, you can do something viral, do a campaign and it's, you know, on top of mind for a minute. Um, but for word of mouth marketing, when you hear something from someone else, someone that you trust, a friend, um, an influencer that you know and value their opinion, it has different weight to it, but that's a long game. There has to be, um, value to it and it has to be real. So you can't lie your way (laughs) through, um, word of mouth marketing because people know, people call you on your BS really, really quick. And so part of that word of mouth is like, it has to be Authentic, and if the story is there, our job is way easier um, to explain that. Give them the tools maybe it's design, maybe it's social, however, to explain that messaging to other people. Um, But it's got to be authentic, and it usually takes a little bit longer than like one video or one campaign, right?
0: Let's say so. And Ash, this is a good um, topic to explore a little bit because I know that a lot of our viewers um, they're great business individuals, they're very motivated but they might not necessarily be trained on marketing in general. And when you're talking about um, word of mouth marketing or even business branding, if you could give them like one or two tricks, like something that they could actually apply immediately but also understand Mm -hmm. as a first step, before, of course, they spend with you guys and become your client. Yeah. What would you recommend?
2: Um, a little bit of story. So I'm at the post office one day, and the guy who works there, a lovely guy, I see him every time, and brains on fire stands out when I'm mailing something, I'm mailing a package to Canada. He literally asked me the same question. He had a side business. He's like, if you could give me one piece of advice, what would it be? I was like, don't lie, <laughs> because yeah. people know. It's important, Yeah, actually. just tell the truth. So whatever you do, um, I'm assuming you do something well, um, and you're proud of it and you're trying to hone that skill or that product, like just tell people the truth. If it doesn't solve this problem, don't tell them it does. Um, and I think it just makes everything else fall into place. It seems a little too simple, but start there. Well,
0: that's a good thing because I think it also reinforces your element of being authentic. Sure. And like you said, the clientele can definitely read right through that. Yeah,
2: yeah, and and people are so much smarter these days. Like we know. <laughs> We're in the know. Like just start off that way right i feel like being real and authentic is
1: really yeah um really successful these days um so with Brains on Fire, y'all are a B Corporation. Can you talk more about that and why
2: that's important in the world and why we should look out for that? Great, great. So uh, the B Corporation is super exciting. So I I had heard about this maybe four or five years ago and I really thought it was just a fad. Like this is something that's going to come and go and no big deal. Um, And I started paying more attention to it and it fit our values so well. So Brains on Fire has been around for 20 plus years. Uh, And there are a lot of things in a mature agency that you just come to expect, but they're not like written in stone. Um, And so when I studied the B Corporation model, it's basically calling you to make sure that you do all the things that you say they're going to do. So it fit our values, but we didn't have them set in stone. So part of that certification process, which is really, really hard, um, is basically saying like, okay, you say this, but you have to write it, put it in writing, prove it. There's metrics every year. Um, And then it puts you in the same class with other B corporations who all have the same values. So, um, you know, Ben and Jerry's ice cream is a good one. We like to throw out there because who doesn't love ice cream? Um, But we are on the same page. And even though we don't do the same thing or provide the same service, it gives you those same values. So you take care of your people, you take care of the community, and you take care of the world. And everything that you do and decisions goes through those filters. So I like to say it's like fair trade for coffee, sort of similar to that. Wow, that's so
1: cool. Thank you so much for sharing that, Brandy. I feel like that's a great insight to um, look for businesses to work for or to just be on the lookout for.
2: Yeah, and Um, some fun things that kind of go along with that are um, uh, babies at work. So we have a babies at work policy. You can bring your babies in um, up until they're six months old. And then we have... um, Uh, paternal care um, which is a big deal for our size business it's just not something people have on a regular basis Um, so some of those things are b corp values and so we're able to put those and then you learn from this amazing group of people it's a community in itself Mm -hmm on what they're doing and um like a short-term emergency loan if our employees needed anything up to two thousand dollars we could give them a loan um you know just some of those like you're caring for your people and then we also try to be super involved in the community donate money time and those type things as well and recycling i mean it goes into every decision that we make right that is awesome i love that um
1: so switching gears a little bit, I know you mentioned what you would tell the guy that works at the post office, but <laughs> if you could go back to the beginning of your career, what would you tell yourself starting out?
2: It, that is such a scary question to me because like, would I listen to myself back then? I don't know. Um, I've yeah, always... It's almost like
0: you got to go through this experience. Yeah, right? it's <laughs> like,
2: it's almost like, figure it out yourself, lady, like, um... But I've always just been such an overachiever um, and just done everything so quickly. So I might have said, like, it's okay, <laughs> just chill a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it also adds to that experience to learn on your own and figure things out. We talk a lot at Brains about failing um, which sounds really scary. People are really concerned about making a mistake. Um, and so i like, it's okay, fail fast. Like, just go ahead and get it over with. Um, the first time I ran for office, I lost by like 16 votes. It sucked. You suck it up and you move on, you run again. Um, and mm-hmm. so some of those learning experiences, I don't know if you can just tell, like, just, it'll be okay. I think you have to go through it a little bit, but um, maybe it would just be to slow down just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that look back.
0: You know, I like this element of failure. I was actually Mm -hmm. had a conversation with um, a director of uh, an academic institution recently. And what he said was, you know, in academia, high school, elementary school, all different levels, uh, we try so hard to shelter our students from failing, and we try to prevent that. And it was very intriguing because it goes, that's completely wrong. That's not what we want to do. We need to give them the opportunity to fail but be there to guide them through it and i think that's such an important value because it is through those failures that you learn and more importantly that you grow everyone's going to fail at some point always especially as an entrepreneur you know and if you're if
2: you're setting up the expectation that you're never going to fail, you're automatically setting those people up for disappointment forever and i think part of what we do at brains is creating that safe environment where we all accept you're going to make a mistake ashley but you know what i love you We hired you because you're smart. We're going to pull through it. Or, like, if you make a mistake, we'll figure it out. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And just having that conversation, we just said grace over guilt um, is one of our values. And just to believe in each other. It's going to happen, and we'll figure it out. But you want to do it as quick as possible and just get it over with.
0: So, so (laughs) Brandy, why why don't you tell us a little about your story? Like, how... Where did your career start? I know that's going to be really, really fascinating. What was that first position you had? Not fascinating. No,
2: not fascinating at all. It. <laughs> it uh, so I'm an accountant by okay. trade. Um, and that's interesting.
0: You uh, I have as accounting. Yeah, going to-
2: yeah, I'm an accountant. So like nerdy math. Started off in banking, um, but I didn't know anything. It was like straight out of college. I didn't know how boring it was and how it wasn't for me. So I learned a couple years. And then I had a friend who came to Brains on Fire as the CFO, And um, I said, hey, when you guys get big enough, let me come and work with you. I mean, it sounds like a really cool place to work. So that's kind of how I tip my toes from the accounting world of banking into this creative small business agency um and so that's i love it here i love the people um, mainly what i do is money and people that's what i'm good at um the people part is way harder um the money s- stuff is easy and most people are like oh i don't want to do money stuff but it's really um easier compared to people but that's kind of how i got started into it. i love it love it
0: now you said that you guys have an office in um california as yeah. well right did it start here in Greenville and expand out west? Did it start out west and expanded here? No, nope.
2: started here. Um, so 20-plus years, Greenville. And then we worked with Ben Hart um, for a client maybe like seven years ago. And just when you meet other creatives, like there's instant chemistry. Super smart, brilliant guy. We're like, It was almost like a joke, like, hey, what if we started Brains on Fire 2.0 or whatever? Um, and then he moved back to Los Angeles, which is where his wife is from. And um, we kind of continued the joke. And then one day we were like, well, why don't we just do this? And we did. So we're on our fourth year of Brains on Fire LA, and it's been great. Um, it's a different world, different talent pool, um, different set of clients. we kind of opened ourselves up. So I'm co-president, and then Ben's the other half of the co-presidency. Um, so we're kind of ruling together, East Coast, West Coast, which has been great.
0: So as far as your career with Brains on Fire, you know, we talked about failure, right? What would you say one of the biggest challenges that you experienced um, growing this business and how did you overcome that?
2: I, I think for me um, here recently, my biggest challenge has been going from just CFO to now owner and CFO. So I was a little worried that I would stress about the Is money that a piece. recent transaction? Yep. Just happened in January. Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been here for 14 um, years and just became an owner in January. And so it's 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 all kind of new.
0: Congratulations! Yeah,
2: thank you very much. Um, but I was a little worried. I'm like, oh, can I let go of the money side that just really has consumed most of my time here and think about the whole um, and like new business. I wasn't necessarily part of like new business pitches and having those conversations and um, kind of learning how to talk about us. Um, so that's kind of been the most recent transitioning a little bit, just not only money but more of like front facing. Um, and that's been a challenge. Um, I'm really an introvert at heart. Um, I don't want to be uh, the center of anything. I just want to brag about our people. So I've kind of found that space. I can brag about us all day long. I love that. Um, so
1: you're the also the mayor of Traveler's yes. Rest, correct?
2: <laughs>
0: Are you? Um, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs>
1: Amazing. So, yeah. yeah. Um, with that, what have you learned about leadership being the mayor of Traveler's Rest and the um, co-president of Brains on Fire? I mean, do you have any words to say about that?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's such a big question. Okay, so I just have to set the set the stage. Like, so I've been on council. This is my 10th year um, and second year as mayor. Um, and so I really think like those years of like government leadership helped prime me for the day when I was the owner of Brains on Fire. Um, it's It's people all the time. Uh, it's a different world, for sure, in government life, but um, but you're representing a whole. Um, and so I think that was a good segue into, like, okay, you're now representing the whole of Brains on Fire. Um, you know, leadership, when I um, went from being a council member to mayor, some other mayors were like, Brandy, that middle seat is different. You know, like, you know, I'm like, whatever, but the middle seat is different. Um, and so when you kind of take on that leadership role, there are different things to think about, and you do have to think about the whole picture um, as you're also thinking about the parts and I think that's sometimes the biggest challenge because you can just get sucked into thinking about um, just a few things or just a piece uh, but you really have to think about the whole so I think thinking about the whole of a city (laughs) which has some pressure to it um, sometimes I'll drive through and I'm like oh my god I can't believe I'm the responsible for all these people Um, but I'm not like there's there's police department fire like we're a team and so I think that um, gives, takes the weight off of being a leader in any position. Like you have to rely on your team. Right. That's awesome. Um, what are the highs and lows of working where
1: you are right now?
2: Uh, let's see highs and lows. I think, um, the highs are always being able to see other people shine. So we just had lunch with our in- interns today. Um, and she's just this beautiful, smart person. And I remember interviewing her, having coffee with her the first time, and to see the confidence level go from you know like zero to sixty. Um, and I know she'll just do amazing things. So like that, that's definitely high for me. Um, I think a low is like when I personally make a mistake because I can go back and say like, oh, you missed, you missed that spot right there. You could have done better. Um, but that's part of that learning experience, the failure piece. But I was, like, oh, if I could just go back and fix that. Um, But yeah, that's it. I think seeing people grow is always going to be my high
0: point. So here's an interesting question that I know a lot of people are looking forward to getting an answer for. You're the co-owner of a business. You're a mayor of a town. (laughs) You're a mom of a five-year-old, a beautiful five-year-old. She's pretty cute. Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) How do you juggle all that?
2: Uh, yeah, I do get that question a lot. I don't have a perfect answer for it. Um, I do think you make time for the things that are important. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no athletic skills. I don't watch sports. Um, you know, I I don't, just don't have, I'm not an actor. I don't have any other skills, but this, I feel like it narrowed it (laughs) down a little bit. Um, but I just, I really, really love what I do. So it it feels less like work. I mean, there's always working pieces. Um, and then I've always tried to have a good priority list. So like Annabelle and my husband are Mm -hmm. always first. Um, and I think that sets the stage for everything else. I kind of ran for mayor um, I ran against another lady very much respected, but I just said if people don't want, if they don't want a mom to be mayor, then, then they won't elect me. But I wanted people to see, like, I am a mom. I take Annabelle with me. She's community property of Travelers Rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's part of it, just having the priorities and saying, no, um, they're all important, and we just kind of figure it out together. And I have a great support system, too.
0: That's awesome. All right, so we know that a lot of people are getting ready for their Christmas vacations. Yes. And hopefully they'll have a little bit of downtime. And if they do, especially for the entrepreneurs, are there any books or resources you would advise them that, you know what, like this book would would be really, really good for your business or this this book really hit me? What Mm -hmm. would they be?
2: Um, I love reading business books. I go from like murder mystery, somebody's died, to like a business <laughs> book. You know, just keeping it real. Like, uh, But all that to say, some of my favorites. So this past year, we got really hot and heavy into Enneagrams. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys oh, yeah. um, Stay those. So um, we. Lo- I love reading, I think part of being a leader, um, is figuring out yourself first. And that really is very helpful. And then it all gives us similar language when we're having conversations. So any books on Enneagram, we love Brene Brown. It's a little bit of therapy. Um, we've even joked about that. Um, we like, we got really deep into Brene Brown this year. Um, but one of my favorite books too, and Ben is the culture code, um, which is just great. It just like, if you could pick a perfect vision of culture for your company, it's in that book. Um, And it gives you like I read it on a plane. I cried twice, not a crier. Um, And it's just a really good like it it, um, puts the focus back on your people. And like Mm -hmm. that's where you need to put your time and energy. So less about how to make great profits or how to negotiate. Don't split in the middle. Like I read all those books, but the ones about the people are probably the ones that stick with you the most.
0: That's awesome. Well, Brandy, I wanna thank you for your time. Yeah, that this was has been great. so enjoyable. So thank can't, you, Brandy. I can't can't oh, believe how fast that went. I know. it, really <laughs> it just did. like flew by. When you're having fun. Yeah, absolutely. So Brandy from Brains on Fire Incorporated. Now if we have some individuals that wanna reach out to you or they might want to learn more about your services. How can I do that?
2: Sure. So you can go onto our website, BrainsOnFire.com. You can email me directly, Brandy with a Y, at BrainsOnFire.
0: Okay, perfect. Great. And for everyone listening, I hope you and your families have a very wonderful and joyous Christmas. I'm Giovanni, my co-host, Ashley. We're sophisticated professional, and we'll see you later.